0: If the stuff hit the fan, would you be prepared to spend one, two, or three nights, or even more, getting home on foot from some distant location? We'll talk about that when we come back.
1: Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. We are so glad that you have tuned in, and it's been quite a week. Uh, You know, here we are trying to get to the end of the week, and I don't know about y'all, but we're tired, you know. Something about it getting dark earlier in the evening, I think, makes me feel tireder. don't you think so?
0: I do, and some other things have caused us to be a day late with this episode.
1: Yeah, we've had... We've just had some stuff going on. You know, my dad used to say years ago, "Life is what happens to you when you've made other plans."
0: Yeah, and somebody once said, "Stuff happens, be prepared." Yeah, so <laughs> exactly
1: right. So we've
0: stuff has happened.
1: <laughs> we've had to rely on some of our preps, but we are glad that you have joined us. We always appreciate you tuning in. It means a lot to us. I mean, here we are going into we've completed now 2 years mm-hmm. of podcast regular podcasting and I have to say I don't want to necessarily toot my own horn or our horn but I'm right proud of that, and uh, we're
0: coming up on 300 episodes. I'm telling
1: you, woot, woot. And uh, I give all the credit to Mark because this is his dream. This was his baby, and we have seen this through, and we enjoy doing this together. And we are just just tickled, just tickled as a pig in mud,
0: and we are having fun. And as she said, we do certainly appreciate you being here. Let me give you a couple of announcements here. One is if you do not receive the free newsletter. Go to the website, click on contact us and let us know you'd like to receive that newsletter and we'll be glad to get it to you. Or you can just email us at info at And we would like to thank those that directly support the podcast. And if you'd like to do that, you can do that by buying us a cup of coffee. And you know how we like our coffee. We
1: like our coffee.
0: And you can start your Amazon shopping from our website. Just go to our website and click on the Amazon banner, and that will take you to Amazon, and you just order as you normally do. And we'll get a small commission off of that, and that really does help to support the podcast. And we appreciate those of you that have already done that. Now, we keep hearing, or I have, and answering some emails and I see some things in different forums and folks say, do I really need this or do I really need that? Do I really need to carry all of this in my get home bag? And, you know, part of that is that it really depends on how far you have to travel.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a homestead farmer, you're already on your property. You're just going to the barn and back.
0: Yeah, you might not even know anything has happened <laughs> until you get back into the house. That might but, be
1: a pretty nice way to live.
0: You know, if, if we're at the grocery store, that's a three-quarter of a mile or a mile walk from right. here. So that mm-hmm. wouldn't be too bad. Nope. But if I'm at work, that's a 26-mile drive.
1: You know, if I'm at work, I could be as much as 50 miles away.
0: Exactly. So it really depends on how far you might have to travel. Now, if you're 400 miles from home, it's a whole different ballgame.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. You have to make a whole different plan for
0: that. And we see that in a number of post-apocalyptic fiction novels, how it takes people weeks and months even to get back and sometimes takes a year or more to be able to get back home if they are across the country. So what we have done here is we put together some essentials for getting home in a grid down SHTF. And as we said, it really depends on how far you might have to travel. This is more about the normal distances from home that you may drive daily. Now we all take those long trips from time to time and we just have to plan for those. If it's less than five miles, then it's just a long walk for you. And for some, that's no big deal. And for others, five-mile walk is a Herculean task. Oh,
1: my word, yes.
0: What about if you have to go 10 or 30 or 50 miles?
1: I've never traveled on foot at that distance. I've never done it. I admit to you, I've never done that.
0: I've done some 10-mile hikes, and I've done that in one day. And I've done some 10 miles that we took two days to do. And that was back in younger days. And we intended to spend the night out as we were gone. And some of those were probably maybe even as long as 15 miles over a couple of days. Mm. But what if that 10 or 30 or 50 miles involves being on the road overnight?
1: Wow. You know, that's... It sounds so simple in words, but when you really put yourself in that position, even in your imagination, that can be a treacherous thought.
0: Yes, it can. Now, as I said, I work 26 miles. It's 26 miles from my office to home. So I figure if I am at work or anywhere on the northern end of that journey, it's going to take me at least one night in the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe as much as three, depending on the situation.
1: Right. So you're, you're actually thinking about, you have to not only think about the distance you have to travel, you have to think about sheltering, keeping warm, uh, you know, wh- hydrating, getting some nutrition, you know, that's what that get home bag is all about.
0: Right. So what we've done is we have developed this list and it's not all inclusive and it's not exhaustive. And it's Essentials for Getting Home in a Grid-Down SHTF. Now, we're going to break it into three things. Absolute bare necessities. And these are things that you'd really want if you're going, you know, 10 miles. Some other things that would be really good to have. Really, really good to have. And then some things that would be nice to have, but we can get around it.
1: Oh, okay. So it's like like an absolute... A maybe, maybe, and a meh, you know, like not as essential as maybe the other two.
0: Yes. I'm thinking like, oh, man, we got to have it. And, oh, I'm glad we've got it. And, oh, man, this is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well. That's how I'm kind of breaking the list. I see. All right. What's the number one thing that we would need?
1: Well, we're, we're talking about the bare essentials now. So we're talking about appropriate clothing and footwear.
0: The temperature makes a huge difference.
1: And, you know, we have listeners from all over the world, and we're getting into our cool season, and some of our southern hemisphere friends are pushing into their warm season. Mm -hmm. So their get-home bag is going to be packed a bit differently for clothing and footwear than ours is.
0: Yeah, and even within the same country and possibly even within the same state, those bags are going to look quite different. There are places in this country that have already seen snow this year.
1: That's right, they have.
0: And there are places in this country that have probably not been below 70 degrees. That's true. So a lot of it just depends on where you live, and what you expect to do. So you need those temperature-appropriate clothing.
1: So have some idea of not only what the day temperature is, but the overnight temperature. What is it going to fall to?
0: Exactly. If it's going to get down into the freezing temperatures Mm -hmm. or even into the 40s and 50s, it could be rather cold at night. If, it, like right now, today we were up into the 70s, and that's pretty nice, or around 70 for our high for today. But when we got up this morning, it was 62 degrees.
1: And the morning, a couple of mornings back, it was 38.
0: Exactly. So, really, we've just got to be careful with that. And that's a good place to have that clothing stored in the car.
1: And think about layers of clothing, because mm-hmm. it's it's much easier to think about extra T-shirts, extra long-sleeve shirts, extra underwear, so you can layer up and peel off as needed and put on as needed.
0: And the same thing with suitable shoes or boots. And we've talked about this recently, about keeping that old pair of tennis shoes or that older pair of boots in the car. Some of you ladies wear those sandals. Some of those sandals in the summertime be hard to do 10 miles if you had to go through the woods on that. Exactly.
1: Think hiking. Hikers don't wear sandals.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, there's probably some old guy that wears socks and open toed sandals.
1: Well, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to refute what I say. Okay, fine. I give. Like
0: <laughs> okay. All right. But you do need those suitable clothing, suitable shoes, or suitable boots. <laughs>
1: Jim Curtis knives. Handcrafted, unique, heirloom quality knives and blades. These high-quality knives are available at reasonable prices and they're made right here in Alabama. You can purchase a Jim Curtis knife one of two ways. First, you can design your own. Your blade style might be a 3-inch EDC knife or perhaps a 4-inch skinning knife, a 6-inch Bowie knife, or a shape that you have always wanted. You can also pick your steel, Alabama Damascus makes a beautiful art quality knife, or high carbon steel, which holds a very fine edge. You can pick your handles. They can be made from wood, bone, paracord, micarta, and there's lots of colors and options. Secondly, you could select a knife already pre-made by Jim Curtis. You can see some of the options posted on his Facebook page. Contact Jim Curtis and see what else he has available. All Jim Curtis knives come with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, and two Band-Aids. Yes, they are that sharp. Jim Curtis knives. Find him on Facebook. He'll be linked in our show notes and on our website.
0: Many of us learned to shoot from our friends or families. We got pretty good at loading up and blasting away at our target. But do we know what we need to know to survive a self-defense shooting? How about an active shooter or using cover and concealment? Do you even know the difference and why one is better than the other? Get the Base Handgun Training System and you can know the answers to those questions. You'll also cover shoot, don't shoot scenarios and what to do when the police arrive.
1: Check it out Base Handgun Training System. The link is on our website at www.practicalprepping.info. Use the code Practical prepping, all one word, for a $50 discount.
0: Next thing is Krista's favorite thing to say, and that is...
1: Water. (laughs) What you gonna do about water?
0: And a way to procure more water. Ah. Now think through this. Think through it. Okay. How long would it take you, or might it take you, to get home?
1: Hmm, okay. Okay.
0: I'm going to plan for as much as three nights for me if okay. I have to go 26 miles. All
1: right.
0: Hopefully, I can make it in two days, but I'm going to plan that I might have to take three days, depending on what the situation is. Mm-hmm. We know that we need our recommendation of a gallon per day of water.
1: Right.
0: Am I going to carry three gallons of water?
1: That's 25 pounds.
0: Exactly. Wow. Wow. So, what I am going to carry and have is a couple of bottles of water.
1: Just regular bottles.
0: Just a couple of regular bottles of water to start.
1: Oh, I see where you're going with this.
0: But we're going to reuse those bottles.
1: You're going to find water sources along the way.
0: Exactly.
1: And you're going to use your water purification, your Life Straw or your Sawyer Mini. In order to be able to drink water that you can pick up along the way.
0: Exactly. And in my case, or in our case, we carry the Sawyer Minis. Now, we have both of those, LifeStraw and Sawyer Mini, but we carry the Sawyer Minis. And one reason is it will screw on to a plastic water bottle. Perfect. And so we're going to carry those two bottles of water that we have in our car bag. And we also, we carry a stainless steel single-walled water bottle, and we can use that for boiling water if we need to. Sure. Or for hot water for making powdered soup. We've got some Lipton soup mix Mm -hmm. in our bags. Sure. And we can connect that up, and every time we come across water, we're going to fill up our bottles. There you go. We can do it a couple of ways. We can fill up one bottle and squeeze it into the other filter it. So we've got a bottle of clean water and then we refill that one. We just emptied. Okay. And in our case, go ahead and fill up that stainless steel water bottle as well, because we can pour that into one of the other bottles to drink from.
1: Exactly. You know, staying hydrated is going to keep your mind, right. It's going to keep you up energy wise. Uh, yeah, I have, I can't preach it hard enough that is the single most important nutrient. If you don't even eat any food mm-hmm. for two or three days, you've still got to have that water.
0: Mm-hmm. Some of us have more than two or three days stocked up as far as the food department goes. That's we, true. We can handle that.
1: You know what I was just thinking about when you were saying boiling water in that stainless steel mm-hmm. single wall? Tell you something else. It's easy to pack. Super easy to pack are bouillon cubes Mm -hmm. the things you make soup with you put a bouillon cube into a cup of hot boiling water you've you've got a a source of sodium and some salts that'll help you maintain hydration it's tasty it's good it's basically clear soup but there's beef there's chicken there's vegetable there's all kinds of bouillon
0: and there happen to be a couple of beef and a couple of chicken in each of our bags
1: there you go
0: now you have to take your knife and chop them up once they've been in that Heat in our bags. Yeah, they get a little bit. They get kind of hard. Hard, yeah. Sticky, a good word for that.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: You may need to scrape that and do some way to make it dissolve, Mm -hmm. but it does do pretty well. But we're going to refill every time we come across water.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Whether we're empty or not.
1: Got to have that water.
0: Next thing we're going to have to have, bare essentials, is a first aid kit.
1: Yes, invariably, you're probably going to get some blisters. Even with good footwear, mm-hmm. if you're doing a lot of walking and you're not accustomed to that, the skin is gonna show it. So you may have some blisters along the way. So those band-aids and bandages, some rolled gauze, some anti itch cream would be good, some antibiotic first aid cream. And you mentioned this on the podcast earlier, mole skin. Mm-hmm. Explain to some of our unknowing listeners what is moleskin and where do you get it.
0: Oh, you can get it at the drugstore and it's something that hikers will use and It's to put between your shoe or your clothing and your skin to cover a blister. You could like slip it in
1: a sock, you know. You stick
0: it onto your foot. Oh, I gotcha. And it helps to cover a blister to protect it or it helps to prevent that blister.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Now something else I would put in there is because I have lousy ankles is an elastic bandage. Oh. You could turn an ankle, you could pop a knee, or you could sprain anything.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: Or if you broke something, you could use elastic bandage to splint that injury. Hmm. You could even make a sling out of it if you needed to.
1: Well, isn't that clever?
0: So you want to have that first aid kit on your essential list. Exactly. Now, if we're looking at being out overnight, something else we're going to need.
1: We need a flashlight or a headlamp or some way to illuminate in the darkness.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, that headlamp allows hands-free travel. Mm-hmm. You can, they're, they're great for working around the house, you know, outside. Or if you're trying to
1: start a fire with your hands, you've had that headlamp can at least illuminate right. that spot.
0: Right. Anything you're trying to do working with your hands, that headlamp works great. But that flashlight also just slips in and out of your pocket. And we should be carrying one E D C anyway. I carry one in my pocket. We both carry one on a keychain. We both have, I think, two in our car bags. Yes. And so that allows us to pull one out that the batteries are dead and have backups. But we need that flashlight. Now, any is better than none, but I like the idea of the adjustable power. So you don't need 800 lumens for everything. You don't need it for just walking through the woods.
1: Got you. Because that's going to chew up your battery life.
0: Right. You don't want to be feeding that 800 lumens. So you can turn that thing down on low or medium or whatever you need. Also carry some extra batteries. Yes. And we have those extra batteries in our bags.
1: Something else that's probably on that bare essentials list is going to be a knife a cutting or some type of a multi-tool?
0: It can be folding or fixed blade. You may need to be shaving wood for tinder. You might need to cut paracord. You might need to cut a pants leg. You might need to cut some tape. Yeah. You might need to cut some food packages open. Mm-hmm. And you can also use it as a striker for a ferro ride. Sure
1: you can. And a multi-tool, as we've described before... Those are those items like a Gerber, a Leatherman, Swiss Army. They have a knife blade. They may have some small pliers, scissors, screwdrivers, saw blade, toothpick, and all. And some of these are very, very useful. Others, you may not use them at all, but at least you'd have it. And as the need arises, you've got a tool that can handle the job.
0: I remember as a kid, we had one. It wasn't really fancy and it wasn't expensive at all. But it had a fork on one side, had a spoon on the other, and it had a knife in there as well.
1: That's perfect for a bunch of camping out boys. Oh,
0: yes. And <laughs> when you're teens, that was just young teens, that was just the bomb. Really it was. <laughs> now, you need something to carry all this stuff in.
1: Yeah, now we've talked about the type of bag. Obviously, a backpack style of bag is, in our opinion, the the most economical to purchase, to use, and to carry. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, if you don't want to carry a backpack, make it some kind of a carry handle type bag. Although a a backpack can just handle a larger load. Considering you're trying to get home, you're going to need to carry more things.
0: And you put it over both shoulders at the same time. Sure. It's just a sling bag works great.
1: Sure. Across body type. But it's
0: only on one shoulder. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Put it in a paper sack. I mean, something, anything. Yeah, you, you don't want to be trying to carry all of these things in your pockets. Mm-hmm. You need some personal protection.
1: I know what you're thinking.
0: Well, I'm usually <laughs> thinking firearms when it comes to personal protection, right? But we know that not everybody can, not everybody will, not everybody wants to carry, and a that's firearm. okay. And that's fine. That is okay. That is your choice. But have some type of personal protection.
1: So if not a firearm, what are some other choices?
0: Well, you can carry a machete. That has multiple uses. Absolutely. If nothing else, you can carry a large hiking stick. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking a little walking cane. I'm talking one that's, you know, as tall as you are. Okay. And you can use that thing like a rod or a staff. (laughs)
1: I see, as the shepherd would. (laughs)
0: Yes, you can hit stuff with it. You can poke stuff with it. Gotcha. But we've discussed, and we had a podcast not long ago, on ways to protect yourself without firearms, because many of our listeners do live in countries where they're not allowed to carry or possess
1: firearms. So you're just going to need to find another way to have some form of Personal protection, and certainly we hope and pray you'd never have to use it, Mm -hmm. but you'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it.
0: So those are kind of the things that we feel like are absolutely essential. Now, here's some things that are really great to have.
1: Yeah, just some small snack foods. Food. Yeah.
0: You want some? Something that's easy to carry.
1: We love payday uh, peanut candy bars. Those are great. Jerky, beef jerky, turkey jerky, mixed nuts, meat sticks, energy bars, granola bars, even MREs, Mm -hmm. meals ready to eat. That's a military type thing. And preppers know how to find and package and prepare and carry small items of food in a get home bag so that you can have something to munch on.
0: And that's the no preparation foods there. Mm-hmm. But you can also carry easy prep food. Now, I mentioned the powdered soup a while ago. You mm-hmm. mentioned the bouillon cubes. Right. And I carry, and we carry in our bags, some of the Folgers coffee bags.
1: Yeah, like it's made like a tea bag, but
0: it's mm-hmm. coffee. Exactly. Because we don't want to be meeting the world without our coffee.
1: No, the world does not want that. The world doesn't deserve us without our coffee.
0: I promised the sheriff. <laughs> That I would never face the public without having had two cups of coffee.
1: Coffee is the magic. You know, it is.
0: And it's not necessarily that it perks me up, but it keeps me from hurting people.
1: (laughs) It, it, ooh, okay. Yeah,
0: I get grumpy before my coffee. Yes, he does. We can also carry tea bags.
1: Yeah, that's true. Serves a
0: lot of the same purpose.
1: Uh, you know, they now make apple cider, powdered mm-hmm. apple cider that you can put into hot water. It is yummy.
0: Yes, it is. Perfect and this time of year. Great for watching Christmas movies and yes. drinking apple cider.
1: We digress.
0: Yes. Okay, where were we? i you know, It's I'm almost sorry. time for Christmas movies to yeah.
1: start. come on, back to the topic.
0: Okay. We're also going to want some fire-starting equipment.
1: Okay, yes, indeed. And th- this is just a... it. it you can probably find fire-starting tinder if you're out near the woods or whatever, but you may be in an urban setting. You may be nowhere where there's anything combustible.
0: It's pretty easy to find it in an urban setting, but what if it's raining? Well, what yeah. if you're in the woods?
1: That's right.
0: Now, this is in the really nice-to-have, and uh, that's carrying tinder. Just carry some tinder with you. Mm-hmm. doesn't take up a lot of room, and there's a lot of things that you can do. There's a lot of commercial tenders on the market. Right. Uh, We carry some wet fire, and I think we carry some quick fire. And we have a couple of other brands that we have purchased to test as well. And those will light even when wet. And Blackbeard, I've seen video of it that they would light it and they would throw it in the water and it would float down the creek while it was burning. Wow. I mean, that stuff burns wet. Okay. And I ran across one Zippo Easy Spark Tenders. They're, I don't want to call them a tablet, but they're about an inch across in diameter. It's like a
1: little compressed disc kind of thing. Exactly. About
0: three quarters of an inch tall, and they'll light when they're wet. And I have put those on the website. If you go to our website, if you would like to have some of those, they're not expensive. I think we bought a pack of 10 of the wet fire and split those between our two bags. And they're just not expensive at all. And they're great to throw in the bag. They're even great for lighting a fire in the backyard.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't have to wait for an emergency to use now, one, but just go ahead and use it.
0: Another thing that we carry is fat wood.
1: Now, what is fat wood?
0: When we were kids, we called it pine kindling. It's that.
1: It has a lot of that rosin. The rosin yeah.
0: has has drained down into the tree, and it's just permeated, and it's very, very flammable. Okay. And it's those sticks that we have cut to fit inside the large medicine bottle that we carry in our bags. Gotcha. And she knows what they are yeah. because we have them out on the back porch for starting fires here.
1: But you realize we've got some folks that have never heard the term fat wood, and so it's basically a the wood that's, that has that, it has been infused with a lot of that ignitable liquid sap rosin. Right, right. It's going to have some scent to it, but that's okay. It'll start a yeah, fire really it well. it
0: smells like pine. Yeah. And I'll admit, when I first saw the term fatwood, I didn't know what it was. And when I did some research, I said, oh, that's kindling. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> what we called it when we were kids was kindling. Yeah. And we didn't call it kindling. We called it kindlin Kindling. Kindling. You yeah. know, in the deep south. But <laughs> we'd go out and find pine knots in the woods or pine stump, and we would cut kindling. There you go. And that's what it was. You can also make cotton balls and permeate it with petroleum jelly.
1: You can do that, or you can do what I did several years ago. I began to collect the dryer lint. Mm-hmm. Dryer lint, I, stuff, I started stuffing it into a big gallon plastic bag, and I can take out small amounts of it and put it into a, a like an inch-long cut ring of a paper towel cardboard center, mm-hmm. make like these little rings out of it, and I can fill that up with that dryer lint and smush some petroleum jelly onto that and stack all of those into a bag, and that becomes a very highly ignitable fire starter. Mm-hmm. Very, very effective.
0: And we've reached and grabbed one of those and lit it when we were lighting a fire in the fire pit. Sure. And- And it'll burn for several minutes, as most of these commercial tenders, they'll burn from three to ten minutes, depending. Mm -hmm. And I think that black beard, if you light the whole thing, uh, the idea with it is you cut off what you need. But if you light the whole thing, it'll burn like 45 minutes. My word. So anyway, now we like to carry butane lighters.
1: Yeah, things that are refillable Mm -hmm. with refillable butane.
0: That or BIC lighters, they're butane, they're not really refillable. Well, they are, but nobody does. And we like the butane, just there's I'm looking at two cans of Zippo butane fuel right up there to reload my lighter. We also carry matches. Oh, yes, I mean, we're low tech with a lot of this stuff.
1: Listen, when you if you you can use a match, use it, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to use cotton lint from your dryer if you've got a match use it
0: well you have to have something to light well but, that's true you know i know you can start a fire with a friction fire or with a bow drill it's a great skill to have
1: it's a great skill but highly ineffective and i don't to have it
0: now yeah. those that are really good at it you know that's great
1: <laughs> good but for you. i don't
0: want to stake my Survi- comfort
1: <laughs> or survival, or my
0: life on trying to rub two sticks together and to start a fire, <laughs> right? Or to drill a hole in another one with another stick and start a fire. I'll pull out my butane lighter, and I'll have me a fire going over here while you're scraping on those two sticks. Well,
1: I'll tell you what else you can do, and I did this when I was a kid. I did the experiment on a hot, sunny day, on a hot, bright, sunny day. I carried a magnifying glass outside Mm -hmm. into the backyard and a piece of newsprint. You know, back in the day, we had newspapers. Well, smart little sixth-grade me, I actually got that sun trained down through that magnifying glass onto a nice spot onto that paper, and this black spot began to appear, and a little plume of smoke came up. And before you knew it, I had a large flaming piece of newsprint. I was so proud. And then that whole thing just whoosh, went up in flame, and then it lifted up. Mm -hmm. And it went over the neighbor's fence, and it landed in the neighbor's yard. And then
0: I panicked. Yeah. Yeah. Magnifying glass is great to have.
1: Yeah, you got to watch out with what you're – I mean, I didn't realize you shouldn't be lighting paper that can lift up in the wind. Mm -hmm. And the neighbor was very kind, and he put the fire out. There was no big fire.
0: And in the absence of having that magnifying glass, those of us that wear glasses can use our eyeglasses for that. I
1: did not know that. Mm -hmm. I thought it had to be a magnifying glass.
0: Well. These are magnifying glasses. I'm wearing my glasses right now, and
1: well, I hadn't even thought about
0: that's that. That's two magnifying glasses. Well, you in just there. taught
1: me something I did not know. Well,
0: good. That's a good reason to be listening to this. You'll have to listen <laughs> to this podcast another time. Okay. All right. Now I ran across another thing. Zippo puts out a lighter that comes in a waterproof case, and it has four tinder sticks inside the case.
1: Well, that's handy.
0: And so you pop it out, and it is one of the refillable Zippo lighters, so you do have to occasionally put lighter fluid in it. Those of us that smoked back in the 70s and 80s, we remember those lighters that you had to open it up, pull it out, and uh, put some lighter fluid in there, and they were really handy, and they still are. So you might want to look at that.
1: Okay. Now, another thing to have that would be nice to have would be a tarp. Mm -hmm. some sort of a tarp, and they range in size from a four foot by six foot up to, we've seen them 20 foot by 30 foot. And we mention a tarp because it's so easy to be able to drape it over some branches or something that can give you a bit of a roof over your head Mm -hmm. if you need it. Or if you've got more than one, you can drape one over you and then put one under you Mm -hmm. and maybe use it as a blanket or or a floor type, something to lay upon.
0: Yeah, you can build a shelter with it. You can capture rainwater with it.
1: Well, that might be a good way to capture some water.
0: Exactly. And you mentioned that ground cover. You could roll up in it. Now, you can put a four by six. And I'm not talking the heavy tarps here. I'm talking mostly the blue ones, the lightweight. Yeah. And we've got a couple in the car that are like five by seven. We don't carry these in the bag, but we carry them in the car. And so if we had to strike out coming home, we'd have to take them out of the car and put them in the bag because that's something we would definitely want. And if you're carrying one and I'm carrying one, we can make an A-frame and use two tarps and make it larger. Of that course. way we can cuddle up in there together.
1: <laughs> well, that's cozy. Also, something else to consider to take would be cordage, some kind of cordage, either paracord which is probably the most versatile. Or you could use twine or clothesline rope, regular rope, nautical rope, any kind of cordage, because that could be a very helpful in helping you make that
0: shelter. Exactly. In tying that tarp up, you can put a piece of paracord between two trees down at a low angle so that you can make an A-frame over that piece of paracord with that tarp and make a pup tent type thing. Exactly. So you can get in there. You can use it for hanging things in trees.
1: Because I think tarps, are most tarps are built with those little grommets Mm -hmm. at the bottom. So you can fish the line through that grommet and that can create a way that you can tie it up into a tree for whatever
0: the reason. You can, well, I'm talking about making that A-frame shelter. You can have it a little higher off the ground if you're just making a rain fly Mm -hmm. and you can tie to those grommets and tie them off at an angle And let them hold your tarp out. Sure. But what I'm talking about hanging things in trees, I'm thinking about food in bear country.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. To try to keep the predators away from your stash.
0: Mm -hmm. It'd be great to have a heavy duty fixed blade knife.
1: Like a bushcraft knife?
0: Like a bushcraft knife. Mm -hmm. And Jim Curtis says that it needs to be three sixteenth of an inch thick or thicker. There are some thicker, okay, especially if you're going to do something like batoning wood. But now a four to five inch is a great general use bushcraft knife. You can just cut paracord with it. You can skin animals with it and cut your food with it. Mm -hmm. And if you're carrying one that's six or seven inches, that's great for chopping or batoning wood, as I mentioned a while ago. And that's just splitting wood. You actually take a piece of wood, stand it up on its end, put your knife on top, blade pointed down, and you take another piece of wood and beat on the knife.
1: Like a mallet. And, like mallet. Like a mallet. Yeah.
0: And you pry that piece of wood apart.
1: Oh, okay. You're splitting the you're wood. You're
0: splitting the wood. Gotcha. But you can also do that if you're building a shelter, and I'm not talking about like with a tarp here, but I'm talking to building a framed shelter, you can but the ends of that wood and make flatter surfaces on that wood.
1: I see what you mean. Yeah.
0: And so that you can tie those together with the cordage that you brought.
1: I got you. Okay. Let's talk about what would be nice to have, but you can, you know, work around it.
0: Yeah, at least if we're only looking at a day or two. Some of these become a lot more necessary if the days that we're going to be on the road are kind of extensive.
1: And that would be something like a, an actual sleeping bag.
0: Yeah. As if you're looking at the the ones like hikers might carry, the bivy bag or hiking sleeping bag, something that's very lightweight, very compact, but yet very warm. That would be a very nice thing to have. But we can wrap up in our tarp if we have to. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we mentioned cutting instruments A machete or a hatchet would be really good for chopping or for protection. I suppose so. I hadn't really
1: thought about that.
0: Hatchet could be a pretty Mm -hmm. good form of protection.
1: And they make so many different styles of hatchet. I've even seen some that fold. They fold and pop out and Mm then they fold back down. I don't know if they're, you know, how sturdy or durable they might be, but I, I think that's pretty nifty design.
0: That'd be something nice for us to test.
1: Yeah, we want we'll to look into that.
0: Now, something that would be nice to have would be some type of communications.
1: Well, of course, now, you and I being ham radio operators, I think I would move that up to the essentials list. <laughs> I would move that right up to the essentials list because being able to communicate in a grid-down situation where you are away from your comfort zone and you very well may be having possession of devices but no battery power, I would— I would definitely want a a handheld ham radio so that I could at least reach out to you or somebody, you know, to try to get a message out.
0: That would be nice to have. But But not
1: absolutely necessary. We could
0: get by without it if we had to. Now, you mentioned ham radio. It could be GMRS. It could even be FRS radio. Okay. Or at least an AM FM radio to be able to try to get information.
1: Yes. some kind of way to understand what's going on around you.
0: And then all of the things that we wind up putting in our get-home bag that would really be nice to have, duct tape, zip ties. I think in both of our bags, I think we have a small cooking pot to cook on an open fire, but it would be nice to have a little folding camp stove. So those are some things that would be nice to have but that we can get by without if we had to.
1: So we're really talking about in a grid down situation, wherever you find yourself, will you be able to put your hands on your get home bag? And can you make it home in one piece safely and carefully and well prepped?
0: No matter how many days that takes.
1: Mm, That is something for our listeners to think about.
0: And we need to think through this, how far, Might you have to go to get home?
1: You know, because stuff can happen, and we don't really know what could happen. So we need to
0: stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. You can contact us through email at info at practicalprepping.info or on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.